Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Welcome to Pubcast. I'm Caitlin Ailman, and we're here with Amira Silverswartz. Hi, Amira. How are you this lovely evening? I'm doing pretty well. You work at Hachette Book Group, correct? Yep. And what's your position there? I work as a customer service representative and also for a department called Vendor Compliance. And uh, what, what exactly is Vendor Compliance, just for those who don't know what that means? Vendor Compliance is actually kind of new emerging department, both like in Hachette and in publishing in, in general. Um, and basically, we handle large corporations like Target or Urban Outfitters, other other large retail companies who are ordering a lot of, of books, just like massive amounts, and they all have very specific qualifications for how their books are going to be shipped and how they need to be notified and stuff like that because they're receiving a variety of uh, retail items from a variety of of wholesalers and so they need some sort of standards and we're the ones who look through their requirements and see uh, how much we can meet, how much we can't and, and do a bunch of negotiation. Right. And what about customer service? Does that mean working with individual customers or companies? It's, it's a, there's a variety. We work on customer service emails and phone calls mostly and we get everyone from disgruntled readers or happy readers with fan letters to sales representatives who are working with Hachette or our distributees to sell books to retailers and then the retailers themselves and other people within the company. There's actually a... So quite a large mix. Yeah, exactly. A pretty big variety of, um, of types of calls and questions that we get and also types right. of people. And how would you say Hachette sort of factors into the new digital age of publishing. How do you think it's affected by that or how do you think it's affected by Hachette? There there are definitely a lot of ebook um editions of books that we've published in the last few years. Um Hachette Audio does a lot of audiobooks um that have been a lot of them came out on CDs a couple of years ago and now are only like audible download um, type publication. So um, we're definitely doing a lot in this kind of transition from only print to print right. and ebook or Kindle book or Nook, stuff like that. It's not, it's not like a transition from one completely to the other, but more that, that both books and, and electronic book type things uh, are right. being published. And what, what kind of skills do you think are necessary for your position to sort of perform in this digital age and the, the changing aspect of the industry? There are a lot of uh, like in-house publishing programs um, and kind of computer technical skills that I've had to know coming in and have had to learn since since starting this position. There's a lot of customer service 
email type uh, software and also a book ordering software and warehouse software, that all of these things that we have to manipulate in order to be able to track a book, say, or a shipment, see if books are in stock, etc. And there's also definitely a familiarity with the, the range of our, our, our books and our book forms. Um, and we do a lot of questions sometimes about ebooks or stuff not downloading properly, and uh, we have to figure out how exactly to field those, sometimes with more success than others. So, what, what do you mean when you say that you have to deal with ebooks not downloading? You know that with with new formats for for books or um, like for example, we also have a lot of phone apps or just computer applications that we're, we're now offering. And so when things go wrong with those, we get questions in customer service, and sometimes we know what to do, but more often than not, we we don't, and we send them off to to the people who are in charge of producing those, and sometimes they know what to do, and uh, because it's an emerging field, um, it's not always, there's not always a, a cut and dry answer um, that we're able to wow. give. Yeah. It can... So sometimes it's really just a crapshoot, and it, like the way you make it sound is sort of like an ebook just bounces around when there's a problem <laughs> until somebody figures out how to deal with it I Is mean that... um in in some ways yes I think it's it's a bit more complicated than that I think it's just that that there are definitely people in the company who know how to deal with these things uh, the people who say perhaps have like created and marketed them, marketed them in general but we haven't found the best way to get from customer service to those people efficiently and that's something that we're learning now because you don't always know who the people are yeah we don't always know who the people are they're not really the the people who are more most readily available to us so how many of of your customer inquiries or complaints or questions are about ebooks or digital publishing not I don't know. Still, not the majority of our books. Um, they're definitely we definitely get say few few emails per day or a few calls um, per per phone session per phone rep session. But in general, people are still using um, book like printed books. Um, but I think that the the format in which we do our customer service stuff, that has changed. And I know, you know, just talking to my supervisors or people who have been doing customer service for the past few years, that the number of phone calls versus emails has really shifted. And a lot of people have trans- like transferred to, to emails and not calling quite as much, and also having their own electronic systems that are different from ours that we have to negotiate right. with as well. Do you ever get angry people about ebooks that they don't like or like formatting issues? We definitely do. The the most common one is people who have tried to download their ebook and they won't download or work on their computer and they've already paid for it or say have paid for it 
twice. Um, those kinds of things that in some ways be, that has a more direct connection yeah. to, to us through the customer because for the most part, we're not selling books to individuals, we're selling them to wholesalers or retailers. But you can, as a, as a digital consumer, go and buy an ebook on Amazon or somewhere else a lot more direct, directly and then find us and ask us more directly. So it's a different, it's a different relationship in some ways if you take that, that middleman that is the bookstore out of the equation. Yeah, I think that's why, I mean, I find your position is so interesting when it comes to the digital publishing field is because you get to connect with these customers on a level that not a lot of people in the in the industry really seem to be able to. Yeah, you know, and I think that there's this perception that that the internet and buying things on Amazon or other kind of online shopping things Uh, the human interaction and in some ways that's true but I also think that it just changes the type of human interaction that you have because if you have a question then you ask customer service there are user created reviews and comments on say your average Amazon page the the community hasn't disappeared I think it's just shifted mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what's going to happen even more and in, in new ways that we might not figure out at this point in time. Can you talk a little bit about how you use digital technology in vendor compliance? Yeah, absolutely. And what, what they ask of you digitally and how, how hard or how easy it is for you to, um, I guess, comply. It can definitely be, be very tricky. There's a fair amount of red tape uh, involved. First, because there's a lot of back and forth negotiation about how exactly we will be complying to them vendor-wise. And then there are just a host of different web portals that people use. Wait, what is a web portal? So some, some software that are used for a company itself can be something that, that lives in their own service or lives on the internet and can be used by other customers or retailers or whatever um, so that it's it's a system that tracks and categorizes on all of the, the influx of items coming into to the company's database um, and so as as a vendor we would log into this catalog portal if you will um, and, and do some of the things that they require us to do uh, in order to send them books. And some of these things can be very complicated and having to do with, or, or that, that there'll be a lot of automatic processes, but then there are lots of things that you still need to do by hand. And that's actually what I'm doing in this under compliance um, position, that there are some things that you can't do automatically in one system talks to the other system and and connect that way. There are some things that you have to go in and figure out what's going on with this particular PO and can the books that aren't going to come or update them as to when something is going to ship. Um, and that in some ways is, is still in transition. Mm -hmm. 
there are a lot of things that are still analog, that are still done sort of on paper that need to or are becoming more electronic and we're trying to figure out how to do those things. Right. And the things that are, sorry. No, I, I feel like it, the contrast is very interesting between having to do these things manually but still having to do them using technology. Um, I feel like that's, that's sort of, I mean, is that a, a hard line to draw? Is that a strange yeah. negotiation at all? It can, it, it can be. Um, it, can, it can get difficult um, in that there, there are a lot of new systems that we're using and therefore are not familiar with and can get stuck in. Or there are some, some companies, their web portals are a bit old-fashioned um, and they're not quite as up-to-date. And that comes with its own host of problems, too, um, that, that if we're working kind of more smoothly or more to the same standards that our own in-house uh, software would be, then, then it wouldn't be quite so tedious. There wouldn't be quite as many hoops to, to jump through. So how, how much of your workload would you be able to do without software on a computer? Oh, goodness. Um, honestly, probably like five. Five percent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I actually was waiting for my computer to, to turn on this morning um, and was trying to figure out if there was anything else that I could do in the meantime. Uh. And there really isn't even, even phone calls are really dependent on the, like the phone call on the phone call digital system within the phone and the network for the customer service people, but also with our in-house software, kind of checking price and availability of books and stuff like that. Um, and we're, you know, we're moving to paperless for a lot of, of departments uh, or fulfillment I know had a lot of paper orders that are now going to be uploaded directly, which is really nice for the trees, but um, makes it even less right off screen right and how, how much of your job do you think is combating technical issues um, like do those orders ever get lost uh, do you have to deal with the downfalls of, of relying on technology yeah I mean absolutely um, I think that customer service the nature of customer service means that even though there might be a small percentage in terms of all of the orders created and entered and sent out that that have difficulties that small percent that you know five ten percent or whatever is what we're dealing with in customer service um, so sometimes that can be human error but it can definitely be a systemic error that something's uploaded incorrectly for instance or not coded properly or even if someone puts you know an extra one a PO number that could prevent it from catching a duplicate and then we sent out you know 50 books twice when we only should have sent it out once. Did you so, say in a PO number? What, what yeah, is a, in a PO purchase number? number? A purchase order okay so yeah so so um a lot of times when we get an order they come with a particular number a purchase order number that um distinguishes them from the other thousands oh, okay. of orders that we get. 
um, which is actually, when people don't give that, it can get a lot more tricky. Um, having a purchase order prevents you from duplicating an order or distinguishes it from previous orders that you've made and is just really uh, one, of the, one of the markers that we use to be able to look something up in the system. Um, the reference order number is another one that the computer generates once you've saved right. an order into the system. Um, there are message order, um, like message ID numbers. So just different ways like of cataloging stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So how do you feel about all this digital stuff? Are you, do you like it? I, that sounds like such a basic question, but <laughs> do you ever feel frustrated by how often you have to be on the computer, or do you ever feel nervous that technology is going to fail you, and then where will you be? Um, yeah, you know, I think I think the Internet is is a tool and therefore can, I feel like shouldn't be thought of as inherently good or inherently bad. It's a kind of simple thing to say, but uh, I think it's important to remember when at times the technology can really fail you or be slow or crash and can be real, that can be really frustrating. And it is, and when those things happen, when say my computer takes forever to, to boot up, it does make me worry about, what would happen if the system crashed? And in fact, when the system does occasionally crash, it really does kind of uh, just impede any type of process that's going on in the workplace. That said, I think that this online cataloging database type of, of software is incredibly useful and incredibly important and enables us to keep in contact with many other places in the world and that's how we can distribute books um, you know overseas or all around the country that we can have really instantaneous connections with someone in our warehouse which is halfway across the country from us and know exactly how many books are sitting in which carton somewhere off there totally love um, it. right yeah exactly which is which is amazing to be able to do and to be able to think about how connected we all are. Um, and do you think that the industry is going to keep heading that way? Where do you think it's going? Where do you think it'll be in five years? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have an e-reader. I don't have anything against them. I think that they're cool, and I think that they are going to get more affordable and more accessible as time goes on. But I also don't think that that's going to be the end of the book. Especially looking at kind of some of the books that we've been pu publishing, or not necessarily publishing, but distributing, that are more like art books or coffee table books or novelty items or picture books, stuff like that, that the form is just as important as the content. And having that physical book in your hand that you know, can like pop up or have a huge you know, painting reproduced on it or stuff like that. Those are the the value of having that actually physically as opposed to on the internet um, isn't going to go away. I feel. Right. Um, and you know, I don't know. Um, I definitely still read my books uh, in print form, um, but I also really enjoy audiobooks, um, and that's something that is a lot easier to access now than even when I was a kid. You know, I don't when we had like cassette tapes that we would listen to in the car mm -hmm. or something like that. So um it is it's really interesting to see how things have gone even, you know, in the past ten, twenty years and 
I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future, but I, I think people will still want to read. Um, I think people read more than they get credit for. And that's what, that's what counts. Absolutely. Well, thank Definitely. you so much for talking with me tonight. Sure, my pleasure. And I really appreciate your insight. I think you, that's a really interesting position to be in. in that sure, sort of uh, definitely. Thanks. Thanks for interviewing me. All right, thank you. This has been the Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.